Welcome to the Your Beautiful Game podcast, where we encounter the wins, losses, and everything in between from soccer to life, both beautiful games to play and learn from. Now let's get into it. Today, we are chatting about boundaries. And when it comes to yourself, your relationships, and a lot of things that go on in life that have to do with boundary setting. Boundaries are one of those things that most people have trouble with understanding and what boundaries are for themselves. We are going to explore what this looks like in many different avenues right here, right now. So to start off, what the heck are boundaries? So boundaries are limits that you set with people, situations, yourself, etc., that helps you in your self-help and self-care journey. Now, the cool thing about boundaries is you decide and negation acknowledged here, but nobody else gets to set boundaries for you. They don't get to do it. You do. And if someone is putting that on you, that's not boundary setting. That's something else going on. And we're definitely going to talk about that. Now, the talk about boundaries is mostly around how you do it for yourself and how you put yourself first. That's a big one that a lot of us, including myself, really struggle with in this world right here, right now. And especially when like certain life situations come up that feel hard and you feel like you're getting pulled to be there for somebody or do something for something or somebody. And in those situations, we get to recognize, you know, what is best for us in that situation. And a lot of people can look at that as a selfish thing. And so that's where um, we'll get into that for sure. But it's really coming down to what is best for you. The cool thing too about boundaries is there's different kinds. And I'll be talking a little bit about these two different kinds. I like to call it hard and soft boundaries. Hard boundaries, if you want to look at that, is non-negotiables. Like that is like a hard stop, a definitely not going to happen if you cross this line type of thing. Then there's soft boundaries. You have a priority, you have this thought process, and you're willing to compromise on how the situation goes, where you're willing to go within this situation. And it's kind of like, you can kind of go on both sides of that hard line. uh, And it's a little bit softer to go through. So a couple of examples and analogies that I really like um, to use when I'm talking about boundaries are through these soccer examples. So one of them is really like, (laughs) it's very literal. So in the game of soccer, there are lines on the field. These are out of bounds, in bounds. So whenever you're inside those lines, those lines on the field, everyone understands that, okay, that's playing time. That's okay time to be kicking the ball that's the time to play the game that's the time to go score to save the ball all of that the second it crosses a line outside of those boundaries everybody stops everybody understands that that is not where we play that is not where the game is going right 
And these lines are indicators. These lines can be seen as like your priorities, your list of things that you want to set a limit on when it comes to the other team, other people in your life, um, the refs, the coaches, those are those lines, right? And one that just came up for me in my head just now is like, is your coach on the field with you? No, because that's a boundary that they're set, right? The coach doesn't get to be on the field with you at the time, but their boundary is on the outside. But what's cool is they have a soft boundary of they can still give you guidance. They can still yell at you. They can tell you what's going on and give you strategies and everything like that. Whereas the cool thing is because they're not on the field with you, you still get to play your game. It's your choice to decide to take that, whatever they say, whatever they do and play with that or not. Those are boundaries. That's what, that's the cool thing about this literal analogy is that you can really truly see what a boundary is. Now to go even further into different positions of boundaries, of course, I'm going to talk about a goalkeeper boundary, a goalkeeper boundary. They have extra lines, right? There's an 18 yard box and then there's a six yard box. So this is how I go about coaching my, my goalkeepers that, um, you know, give them the skill set and like the thought process of what their literal boundaries are on playing the game. So everybody knows that the boundary of where a goalkeeper can use their hands is within the 18 yard box. And outside of that, they actually have to confine to the regular game of soccer and use their feet if they go outside of that boundary. So it, I don't really want to say like different rules, but different ways that they have to either compromise when they go into a different boundary or different ways of looking, right? So one of the coolest things that I teach my goalkeepers is the 18 yard box is your domain. It's where you get something extra that no one else gets to use during that game. And how I teach them whenever like a shooter comes, a striker comes, a midfielder comes, like anybody that comes in that has the intention of scoring, this is their time in this 18 yard box to figure this out. So some boundaries, some literal boundaries that I teach my goalkeepers are if they are outside that 18 yard box, it's up to you what you want to do with that. But they have a little bit more freedom because they're in their boundary, right? They're on their field. And then the second that they cross that line, that 18 yard line, it is up to you to make a decision for them because they are in your boundary. They are stepping into your turf. And so I use that literally because if they're outside the 18, of course, I'm not going to go at them and run at them 18 yards up. The second they come into mine, it's my turn to either come out, do a 1v1, scare them, do something. And it's a visual that goalkeepers get to use, which is really cool. Now, you want to talk about the six yard box. That one comes more into play for me on uh, like corner kicks. Now, corner kicks, you kick it. And if that ball is coming at a trajectory that 
is within my six yard box, that is absolutely a hundred percent my ball. And I don't care who's in my way. I will dive. I will punch. I will do whatever it takes to get that ball out of that six yard box because it's even closer. It's an even closer boundary that is pushing into something that is mine. That goal is mine to protect. And so I teach them the same thing. If it's between the 18 and the six, now you have a little bit more leeway to make a decision on, are you going to go get it? Or are you trusting other people to, and also communicating that. And that's a big thing that we're going to talk about. Now you guys like know that I talk about goalkeepers a lot, but other positions on the field, other ways that you go about life, uh, have different boundaries. So let's take defense, for example. So usually majority of the time, uh, defense's job is to protect goalkeeper and having the goalkeeper not have to do their job all the time and be able to defend. They're defending that. And again, this is, this is now this could be a cool soft boundary is their job is to make sure that that ball doesn't get into that 18 yard box, that it doesn't get past them so that their goalkeeper is not solo. That is it. They're defending their goal. That's literally their job. Now, the soft boundary with that is that a defender, if they can, which is awesome because there are people and defenders out there that can do this, is taking that ball up and scoring themselves, right? But it's not on like the priority list of this is a defender's job, right? So the same with the midfielder. A midfielder gets to do a little bit of everything. They're like the most soft boundary people here. They get to defend, they get to help the goalkeeper out, they get to help defense out, but they also have a priority of trying to help score and get the ball down the field and do all these things. And then same, you go to the next one of strikers and forwards. Their absolute priority is to score. And whatever their job is in between that, to help the midfielder, to do all these things. The cool thing about all these positions is they get to help each other out. Yet they have different priorities and different jobs on the field. And this is a cool way of looking at it uh, when it comes to life in general. So I wanna talk a little bit more about my own experience. Everybody's experience is different when it comes to these type of boundary settings. And I am going to share a little bit in depth on how I've come to set boundaries, how I'm still working on setting boundaries with my relationships, my friends, my work, my career, my clients, and even myself. So the cool thing is the more boundaries that I can set with all of those things that I listed, the more that I know what is important to myself and what boundaries look like for myself, not just in all these other aspects, because I start setting these things for myself. And boundaries also can be looked at as protecting. They're a way of making sure that you're doing what's best for you. So first one, and this is one that came up a lot uh, with the questions that I ask on Instagram. And I'll be answering more questions too towards the end, but with relationships. So I'm going to go in a couple different avenues. And again, everybody's situation is very different. 
and this is my own experience and my own opinion on everything. So I'm going to start with family because family is a big one when it comes to, you know, that, that line of, I really, really love my family. I would do anything for my family, but what is best for you in these situations? So this also goes back to talking about, you know, the younger ones. And when you're young and under 18, it's the thing of whoever your parents are, your guardians, your mentors at that time, you know, you're really taking that in and really just like absorbing information on what boundaries are or what you like, what you don't like. And so when it comes to family, uh, my family dynamic is very different and I'm learning about this every single day, even as a 28 year old. And so when I was a kid, um, a lot of my boundaries had to do with school. It had to do with sports. It had to do with what is, you know, the triggers for mom and dad that make them mad or disappointed or anything like that at me. So setting up, like, I want to study so that I can ace this test so I don't disappoint mom and dad. And in all reality, as long as I passed, my parents were like, good job. So I made this boundary and standard for myself to this extent of like, no, I want to be an A student. Like my parents truly never said that out loud and was like, you need to be an A student. They just wanted me to pass. They just were like, dude, if you, if you can pass a class, great. Of course, like you want your kids to be the best and be A's and like B's. Of course you do because it sets you up for other things in life, right? At the same time, it's a standard that we start to put on ourselves. Doesn't matter what age we are. And I really took that because my mom held me to a certain standard. My dad held me to a certain standard and they communicated that. Now, what came out of that was the standards that they held my siblings to what they, I say siblings, I only have one, <laughs> uh, what they held my sibling to and what they held me to. They were a little different and setting those boundaries of like, do I do what my sibling is doing or do I do what's asked of me? And so the communication at that time when I was under 18 was a little rocky. It was figuring out what was best for me based off of what everybody else around me wanted, right? So then you take that and go past that into college and into now for myself. And the way I look at it and sorry, parents, whoever are listening to this, but I, I got C's and D's in college. I got A's and B's as well. And I still got a degree. <laughs> C's and D's get degrees. It's more or less that because I didn't have that pressure to do these things. What I pressured myself on was just passing and getting a degree and doing these things for myself all in all, still learning about myself as well outside of school and outside of soccer and outside of all these things. So 
when it comes to family and school in that sense, as growing up, it had to do with making my own decisions. Now, as a 20 plus year old, whenever I got out of college, I started making those decisions for myself, what I wanted to do, my career, what was best for me. And of course I asked my parents advice. I'm like, dude, how did you do this? Like, what did you do in this situation? So it's okay to ask for that help. On the other side of this though, we have different dynamics. So my dad, wonderful guy, we'll have him on the podcast soon. The guy is an educator. He's, he's always been in education. He's been a teacher, a dean, a principal, a superintendent. This guy knows how to talk. He knows how to set a standard. He knows how to do these things. So with his own kids, we're just asking advice. It turns into a lecture. And I take this story because one time I was just so frustrated with what's going on in my life. And I think it was only like a few years ago. I straight up had to tell him like, I'm not asking for a lecture. I'm asking for you to be my dad and just sit there and listen. And all of a sudden that was a boundary. That was a boundary I set because I was so tired of getting like the lecture of what I was doing rather than my dad just being there for me and listening. And then when I say, I want your advice, I want the lecture, then he knows. And the cool thing is we still do that. He'll ask me and we communicate that of, you know, do you want a lecture right now? Do you want advice or do you want me to listen? And I always tell him like, I want you to listen. And then after, maybe I do want advice. Maybe I do want the lecture. And that's like a cool dynamic. The next dynamic I do want to talk about is my own personal one with being half Asian. An Asian dynamic, an Asian family dynamic is you drop everything for your family. You do anything and everything for your family, no matter what. So if someone is going through something and I'm going to be very transparent and very open about this, but recently my mom had to get major neck surgery and uh, my aunt really wanted me to go. And one of those things was all these other boundaries I had, these other priorities I have. I mean, I work for myself. I have like a schedule and I have clients that are paying for my services and I just like a month ago came back from a major trip where I took almost two weeks off and I come back and all of a sudden my mom's surgery got pushed up and she wants me to be there. Family, right? It's my mom. All these thoughts of like, what happens when I leave my clients? Like, I don't know what to do with this. And like, money's a little tight. We just paid bills, like all these things. And we figure it out. And my priority, a hard boundary for me is family, but I did communicate what I was having trouble with on this end of money, of, you know, being there for my clients, because I have been a little bit absent and being able to communicate that to my family is important as well. And they understood that. So the cool thing is once you communicate, the more feedback and help you can get when it comes to things that you're like, do I go all the way to a different state to help my mom or help my dad during this time and not work, not make money, these other things that are coming up, 
or do I, you know, do what's best for my family, drop everything and then communicate that to my clients. I did both. And that was like a cool thing for it. It was communicating to my clients. This is what I can do for you guys. Thank you for understanding. And then it was mom, dad, by the way, I am missing out on a few days. I'm missing out on a couple dollars here. This is what we can do. And that was one of the more scary times of setting a boundary, which we'll get into as well. But it was also what was needed and what needed to be said. And let me tell you, I wouldn't have done that a couple years ago because I've learned more and more boundaries. Now, let's move on to spouses and significant other boundaries. So another story coming your way. Uh, and then we're, I'm going to be very transparent again. I, I like saying that because a lot of people aren't transparent about the other side of a relationship, the non-Facebook, non-IG post type of relationship. You see the good posts, you think we're doing good, all these things. Not that we're doing bad, but there are other parts of relationships that you're not going to post about. So a story about me and Kyle, when we were getting, uh, when we got engaged, we we're about to get married <laughs> to get a discount on our uh, marriage license. We took a premarital class and a religious premarital class. So, uh, we went and one of the things that I take to this day that we started to figure out was the way that we fight, the way that we argue. And it was asking questions of, you know, how do you come to a conclusion within an argument or a fight or, you know, when you have a disagreement and at the time, God, granted, we were 23, 24 years old doing this at the time. It was all about like, well, I'm the yeller and I'm the one that gets irritated and I'm the one that goes after Kyle and always has an issue. And Kyle is the like, sit back, like, take it. Okay. Like my wife's mad type of person. And so we wrote that down and the next question was, so how did your parents fight? And lo and behold, I am a very good mix of my parents. And I know I'm talking about my parents a lot. I love them to death and we're all human. And my dad is more of the yeller and my mom is more of the step back, go behind a closed door and deal with it. So the way that I thought all couples or all these things, the way that I thought all couples, married couples, all these things argued or were in disagreement was somebody had to be yelling and somebody had to be behind a closed door, figuring it out, dealing with it. Never saw what that was, right? This is also how I dealt with my emotions at the time. And so I noticed that I did that whenever me and Kyle would disagree. And Kyle, on the other hand, he does sit back and he doesn't yell back. He doesn't argue and I'm just, and it made me even more mad. And what we found out was his parents didn't do that. His parents would just go talk about it on their own time, not do it in front of the kids and 
there, there it was, there it is. So he didn't even have an example. He just knew that, okay, if they were irritated, they talked about it. That's it. And the crazy thing is that all of us have different, you know, examples of these. And so we figured out what our boundaries are. Kyle doesn't respond to yelling. He doesn't respond to me, you know, being mean. And that's how I knew how to fight. That's how my family knows how to fight. Where him, he needs like more construction and more of this. Where I told him, I said, you need to be, you need to give me something. You need to communicate that to me. And we work on that every time that something comes up, a disagreement comes up. I mean, we're human. We're, we're in a, we're in a relationship that we truly both care about each other. But if something is not aligning, we need to help each other out. And the boundaries that we have are me not yelling, me being more constructive or just me getting it out and not taking it out on him, then coming and having a real conversation about it. And then him, I have to, I literally have to wait. If he's not responding, I will wait. It, it hurts my heart and I always wanna just talk, reason as to why I have a podcast. But I wait and I be patient and make sure that he is giving me a response. And it has to do with communication. It has to be about the awareness that you have around how you do things in that type of relationship. And with that, we have conversations about these things when we have boundaries around our own alone time as well. I know that when he comes home from work, which he comes home really late, I know that, you know, eating dinner and turning his brain off, getting on Xbox is his time. And I understand that when he's at home during the day, that is our time. When I have time in between clients, I make sure that I, I sit with him and watch a game. I do uh, whatever it takes. At the same time though, I also take time for myself. I say, you know, I do want you know, him to do things with me. But at the same time, like, sorry, I do like going grocery shopping by myself. I do like going shopping by myself. I like reading my book. I like being on my phone all by myself. And he understands when that is. He'll ask, he'll ask, hey, do you want me to leave you alone? Or do you want to like spend time with each other? And we do, we both do that, which has taken a long time. Again, theme of communication, right? Now, I want to also go into just a little bit of in-laws. In-laws are huge boundaries, right? With Kyle, he has boundaries with my parents where, you know, he doesn't talk to them every day. I do. I talk to my parents every single day, but he'll pick and choose when he wants to talk to them and he wants to be around and that's okay. And I'm the same exact way. Sometimes I don't want to go, you know, an hour and a half away to go see his mom. It's not that I don't want to see his mom. It's the fact that like, I've had a hard week. I've, you know, just want to like chill out. It's a whole nother thing to do. So I also can put boundaries on how much time I can handle, how much like I do want, maybe I, I go, Hey, like have them come over this weekend. It's compromise. I have soft boundaries with that. So next let's talk about friends. This, of course, I'm going to keep reiterating this whole communication and awareness thing. If you can communicate to your friends how you feel, 
and they have a good response to these things and you can vice versa do that. Damn, you have a really good friend on your hands. If they're getting bothered by you saying no, if they are overly asking for things, you might want to take a step back and see what this relationship really is about. And if you guys have a mutual respect on how you deal with things, how you communicate to each other, that's a good friend right there. The other boundary that I can talk to, talk towards is the different boundaries that you can have within your own friendship. So I have a cool friend, her name's Meg. And the, the, the way that our relationship started was through this business group that I was in. And she actually became a coach within the time that I was in this. And to me, I would text her all the time. I still text her all the time. And we talk all the time as friends and we send care packages to each other. But when it came down to her coaching me, we knew how to turn that on and off. So when it was coaching time and I booked a call with her, it was, this is coach Meg. Coach Meg is helping me with my business. We are not gossiping. We're not talking about like what I'm going to send her next or any of that. We can talk about that outside of it. But her boundary was if you set a call or if I start talking about business stuff on our, um, on our like regular texts or our, our regular FaceTime calls, she would tell me, she'd be like, Hey, let's book a call for that conversation. Awesome. Boundaries. You know, I have the same thing with me. It's, I have friends, they understand what I do. They know that I am a personal trainer. I do mental health stuff. So when they talk about these things or they are like, let's go work out, but you make the workout. I'm like, Hey, we're working out together. I'm not coaching you. If you want to be coached, that's when you pay. If you want to work out with your friend, then we can collaboratively make up a workout and we can do it together. Those are my boundaries when it comes to friends and work and how these things work. Next would be money. Money is a really crazy thing. And when I say crazy, it's like we have all different relationships with money. And mine has changed a lot where... I was in such a scarcity mindset of like, I don't, I don't have things. I don't have money. I can't buy these things or whatever. But in reality, I'm paying my bills on time. I'm filling up my gas tank. I'm filling up my fridge with groceries. What else is there, right? So the boundaries that you have are, what are you willing to spend? What do you have to spend? which is bills and gas and food and rent and all these things. Are you willing to spend that extra money on that meal that's going out? You know, like we set a boundary of like, hey, once a week we get to go out and eat instead of every other day or door dashing or Uber Eats or whatever. That's a boundary for us because of what our money situation is. So what are you willing to spend on? And the same goes with willing of, what do you just want to have fun? It's okay to shop here and there. It's okay to do this. But if you're shopping so much or spending money on things that are taking away from the things you have to pay, those are the boundaries that you got to play with. And also there's a huge mindset on that. And again, goes back to communication, your awareness, and how you were taught to deal with these things.
So with all that being said, this all comes from my own experience once again. And also just giving those examples can hopefully open up the conversation, the communication, the awareness around maybe your relationships with your family, your spouse, your significant other, and money and friends, and becoming a little bit more aware on what are your personal boundaries with everything. So on that, I want to give a little bit of my take on how I practice these things daily, how I can keep pushing those practices that I can. Once again, the number one thing is communicating. It might be scary or it might feel like you might disappoint the person or the thing or the situation that's going on. But in reality, you're standing your ground on what's best for you physically, mentally, spiritually, morally, and what you believe in that is good for you. And it's not selfish. It's what is going to keep you healthy and moving forward in your life rather than feeling stuck. So are you also in that communication willing to look at every single version of the situation, really looking at every single point of view in this situation, and then being able to now step forward and have that communication, that conversation, or however you need to stand your ground with this. Setting boundaries is also standing up for yourself. That's one thing a lot of us struggle with. So if you can figure out that boundary, how do you do it in a way that's best for you, right? So number one thing is what are your priorities? What is the most important thing to you and what or who might be pushing those limits or those boundaries that are kind of making you like, y'all chill out, you know, what, what is that thing that might be pushing into that? So for me, example is my workspace, right? I work for myself. So it's really easy to sit here and do work. It's really easy to keep my phone on and keep Instagram open, keep TikTok open to, you know, be open to receiving messages from my clients all the time, all the time. I don't have a clock in and a clock out. So the boundaries that I need to set are through the schedule. So instead of my clients texting me when their availability is, or if they want to schedule with me, I have a, an app <laughs> that has them schedule it in time frames that I am okay with, that I have set limitations and boundaries around because that is a way to control it without being bombarded myself personally. And that is like a huge, a huge thing for me that I have done in the past, like not even six months. And it's really changed it to where I also have to set, it also has changed it to where I've set these limitations and these boundaries within my phone. If you got an iPhone, you can set focuses, you can set do not disturb, you can set work time, you can set all these things. So I set that. I set what notifications do come in, who is allowed to text me during that time. And I don't check those notifications all the time 
and what calls can come in and all these things. So I'm setting boundaries for myself during work and during my time. I don't want to be bombarded at nine o'clock at night with client texts or emails or all of that. So I turn those notifications off because that is my time, my own time that I get to be with Kyle, that I get to be with myself, that I get to be with my dogs. That is my time. And again, another boundary I set was I want weekends off. So I took them off, even though it's, it's really easy for me to not have to do that. So that's one thing. It's a, it's a good way of knowing what my priority is in that because my priority is my family, is my time with Kyle, is my time with my dogs, to go on walks, to do all these things. So I set my own schedule. I set my own limitations. I also set policies on what protects my peace and my clients have to sign off on them. That's how I set boundaries within that to have a work-life balance. Now, you can always test boundaries as well. Again, the word scary comes up. Scary, fear, that thing of like, okay, I'm going to try to put my phone on do not disturb from this time to this time. Oh, I know notifications are coming in or I know that this is happening. That's okay. It's okay to have these feelings about it and be like, because you've been in this habit of not setting boundaries for a really long time, that it feels different. It feels uncomfortable. And that is okay. The cool thing is the more that you practice, the more comfortable you get with it. And the other cool thing about it is, is that boundaries are ever changing too. Like I said, you can have hard boundaries, you can have soft boundaries, and they can also change over time. So your hard boundary, you might've said it, everyone's going with it. Like my clients were going with it and my family and all this stuff was going with it. Now it's like, well, I did put my limitation on a Friday. The, the thing is, I have a lot of clients that can only go in the evenings. And if I only set it for four days a week, I'm only being able to see like not even 50% of them. So if I open up an extra day and set it to the certain time that I am comfortable with, great. So it's ever changing. And that might change in a month from now where I'm like, nah, I don't want to see y'all on Friday anymore. Again, ever changing. So you can always change these things. And so with all that, I'm going to answer these questions that came through. And some of them are, are very in-depth on how to set boundaries. And if, if more questions are coming up as you're listening to this or watching this, that's okay. And I will invite you to have a conversation, either whether it's with me or with whoever is pushing those boundaries for you. So with some of the questions that came in, one question that came in was, there are two different people in your life. And if you think about them, are your boundaries the same or different with them? Or how are they similar and how are they different? Okay. I kind of went over this where my boundaries with like my husband will be very different than the boundaries that I have with my clients. Uh, the boundaries that I have with my family are very different from the boundaries that I have with my clients or people that I meet or any of that type of stuff. So the way that they're similar is that I still prioritize. I still put my family first. I still put myself first. I know I haven't been saying that, but I am learning how to put what's best for me, what's best for the, my next biggest priority, which is my family and how down the chain does that affect everything? And I do that with every single different kind of boundary I have, every single type of situation I have. 
So if I prioritize family, how does that affect my client and work time, which I went over? How does I prioritize Kyle's things? How does that affect my family time or my home life or my clients? So just understanding your priorities and again, family, which actually includes my husband is a hard boundary for me. So I go about it in that way. That's my first priority. You don't have to go about it the same way that I do, but if you know your major priorities, which I have about probably like one to five, and again, they're ever changing too. I base it off of that and go about it that way on how I set those boundaries and how I communicate those boundaries. Next, what are your most important values and how do your boundaries reflect these values? Holy moly. Awesome. Loaded question. I love it. So I had to like sit up for this one. So with my values, I kind of went over it in those mini episodes that hopefully y'all listen to is being authentic, being kind, understanding how those values come into play with my boundaries are really cool. A big value of mine is just being straight up being real, being authentic, being myself, because the more that I can be myself, the more that I know what is important. And it's cool because it, it's, it's just a domino effect. So if I'm authentic, I'm sharing these in-depth stories with you guys, being transparent with these things. I'm doing a service of being real, being human, being who I am. And it affects how I go about things in my relationships. If I was not being authentic in my marriage, where would that be? Where would that go? If I was not being honest and transparent and authentic with my clients, probably wouldn't be working with me because a lot of people like me for me, for being me and how I coach and how I am real with them, right? So, and that's just one of my values. A lot of my values come from putting myself first. And those values have changed over time. So a lot of my values that I started this season with, like this podcast with, is authenticity, compassion, grace, growth, and well-being. I live these out every single day. Just like this whole authenticity thing. I'm kind as you just don't know what people are going through. So kindness is a big deal to me. And grace is putting myself first, being kind to myself is giving myself grace and and teaching grace to other people and being compassionate about these things and growing within this, which helps my well-being, which helps me set boundaries, which helps me prioritize what's best for me. So I, I know that was a long-winded answer, but they go hand in hand, which is really cool. Now, next question um think of someone who has helped shaped who you are what has this person taught you about boundaries whether it's intentional or unintentional i went over this my family taught me how to set boundaries in the way that they knew what's best and how they were taught right and you get to change that for yourself because you are not them i am not my dad i am not my mom i'm not my sibling i am not kyle i am myself and vice versa, they're not me. So I get to decide with the boundaries that I was taught, 
and I get to intentionally make them my boundaries or not make them my boundaries and unintentionally keep some around when something comes up, I'm like, oh, that's exactly how my mom would deal with it or how my dad would deal with it. And those people help shape that. Coaches have helped shape me in the way that I am today, how I set boundaries now, my friends, experiences that I've gone through, Kyle, all these things that I experienced through life, you start to figure out what your boundaries are. And it's because it comes with experience. When you don't want to get burned again, you set a boundary. And that's, that's how I have set boundaries a lot. And that's intentional, but unintentionally, just because I went through something. And lastly, uh, what challenges have you faced when trying to set healthy boundaries? Ooh, a lot of things. Um, it goes back to like when things are scary, um, it can, you know, come to fruition of losing friends. It can come to pissing off family members. It can come to me being upset and me not giving myself grace. And those challenges are being able to just be honest with myself and being honest in the fact that if this friend was disappointed or this family member is mad at the fact that I am standing up for myself and setting a limitation, there's something else going on that has really truly nothing to do with me. And the thing about it is we get to control those situations on our end, but when it comes to how they respond, you can't control that. And I've learned that in many different ways, the hard way, the easy way, all these things. And when I'm setting these boundaries, the more I stuck to them, the more either I know who my true friends are, I know how much my spouse understands me or needs some clarity on things, uh, how much my family cares about me and supports me. And it truly is understanding like the respect that you have for yourself that also reflects out to these other things in life and how much respect that they have for you as well and vice versa how much respect you have for somebody else and what you are pushing on their own boundaries and if they can communicate that as well so with all that being said in conclusion i want you to start taking notes on what is important to you See what is pushing in to those important things, your priorities. And what could be the best way about going about this? Is it communication? Is it just setting that standard, start practicing that standard? And then I also want you to ask the what if questions. So what if I set this boundary? What is the best thing that could happen out of this? I know a lot of you go the other way of, what is like the absolute worst thing that could happen if I stand up for myself, if I set this boundary, what's the absolute worst thing? But could you ask yourself, what if it was a good thing? What if I set this boundary and all of a sudden, what's the best thing that can come out of this, right? So how do you also feel about those answers that you made up? It's like, oh, do you feel like, gross and icky and all these things about or scared or just like dang it would be really cool if I actually stood up for myself and actually the best thing would be that 
I get some time to myself or I get to enjoy this thing and I don't have anxiety about something or I don't feel some type of way about something, right? And if it doesn't feel quite right, the cool thing is you get to adjust it. You get to make that decision. And that's what I like to empower people. And I'm going to also go back to that we control our own boundaries and we get to make that decision and we get to set them for ourselves. That is not a selfish thing. Everybody does it. Everybody sets boundaries, again, whether it's intentional or non-intentional. And it's the way that other people are going to respond. It's the thing of the unknown that is the scary part and the fearful part. And guess what? You got to just let it be because it's going to happen the way it's going to happen and it's out of your control. What is in your control is doing what's best for you. And I appreciate you guys once again for going through this journey and maybe learning something today about yourself and maybe what you can start doing and start taking forward into your own boundary setting and your own limitations, your own priorities, and like what you can do to keep putting yourself first. And next week, we will be talking to another athlete that happens to be my sibling, my one and only sibling that I mentioned before, and how each of our own athletic journeys, our family values and support have really shaped who we are while being able to figure out who we are as individuals along the way. As always, I am a wellness coach that teaches people about everything we talked about today and more. If you have further questions or just want to sit and have a chat with me, I am going to be putting my booking call link down below. You can just click on that. Freaking get on a call with me. I just want to chit chat with you. If you're like, I still don't know how to do this, or you listen to this whole thing and you're like, I still don't understand what boundaries are. Great. Let's get on a call. Let's see. Let's see what we can do for you. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to just educate on these things. And if you're like, I don't quite know if I want to get on a call with you, that's okay. Come visit me on Instagram at purely you underscore. That is my business. That is exactly what I do in coaching. And check out what I got and see if you can like, you know, start mustering up some things and being like, hmm, I would like to chit chat with you. And of course, I do appreciate all the love and support on this podcast. It's been a really cool creative journey for me. And with all of that, I would love your feedback. You can actually rate uh, on any platform this podcast. A great rating would be awesome. You can leave feedback and comments. I would love to see them, hear them, read them, all the things. And then you can also do this on YouTube as well uh, if you're watching this. So if you don't mind subscribing to this channel, it really helps out. You can also comment, you can leave some feedback and just getting it out there to everybody who may or may not need this. And just sharing is awesome. And I appreciate all the love and support on that. And lastly, if you want to keep up with this podcast, uh, of course, you can always reach us here on IG as well at Your Beautiful Game Podcast. And we will see you in the next one.